Hey, good morning. It is 9.07, and coming up in about a half an hour, Jim Babka is going to be on with some interesting observations about politics. And when I tell you they're interesting, I mean these are, in many ways, out-of-the-box interesting things. Uh, he and I chatted about it this morning, and I think you're really going to want to hear his take. He wasn't on last Thursday to talk about this, uh, but he has... He just made some very interesting observations that I haven't heard uh, really expressed anywhere else. You'll want to stay tuned for that. Show Me Institute's going to be with us. Dave Rowland, uh, all on board with us. Uh, we kicked the program off with Kevin Jackson. And I would ask that you be kind to Kevin. Uh, I was just reading uh, now that a study found that racism causes black Americans' brains to age faster than people of other races, increasing dementia risk. So if he comes off sounding a bit like Joe Biden, <laughs> oh, that's so cruel, uh, you know why. Kevin, welcome. How are you? Hey, Gary. Uh, <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. Well, I'm doing as good as I can do, given that uh, we had just a massive uh, cheat that occurred yet again in these election cycles. And I've been warning people that you can't rest on your laurels with the Democrats. I don't know if people uh, have the numbers out of Arizona. Let me ask you this question, a quick little quiz. Do you know what Republican got the most votes in Arizona uh, in state office? Do tell. The Bureau of Mines got 1.6 million votes. The governor, Carrie Lake, point. Two nine four million votes. So the, the Bureau of Mines is what was supposed to drag our ticket through, apparently. Secretary of Treasury, Sherry Yee, got 134,000 more votes than the Republican gubernatorial candidate. Now, I've been to practically every major event in Arizona during the election cycle, and I watched Sherry Yee get introduced. And I watched Carrie Lake get introduced. Do you want to take a guess at which one got the biggest applause, Gary? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Too long. Carrie Lake. <laughs> so you, it's obvious, right? I, and when I talk about Sherry Yee, you say Sherry Yee's coming to your fundraiser, you get a handful of people. You say Carrie Lake's coming, you get 20X. And Sherry Yee got 134,000 more votes than Carrie Lake. I will bet you this money. I'll bet you the majority of people listening to my voice right now in Missouri don't even know who Sherry Yee is. But I bet you the lot, a lot of them know who Carrie Lake is. So that's the type of thing that happened. What happened in Florida is what happened all across the country, except Florida stopped the cheating. And what gets me, this is what vexes me more than anything, is the Republican people that come on and say, this is an anti-Trump message, this was an anti-MAGA message, this is people voting for democracy over this, this is people supporting the women's right to choose and the abortion and all this other stuff, and, and wholly ignoring inflation, crime, Im illegal immigration, and the crap storm that's going on around this world from a, a you know, geo-global perspective. So... Uh, and, and what do we do? We then reelect 
the people that can't even win. McConnell gets a seat. <laughs> McCarthy gets a seat. This is the most ridiculous thing. And now we're supposed to be checking our message because, you know, Republicans, apparently we were off in talking about the economy and talking about real issues. We're, we're off. We're way off base. This is so ridiculous. It's, it's amazing. Well, um, I, I'm, I don't even know where to go. Um, there are things that we could be doing to eliminate all of this, as you know. One of them is quit mailing in the vote. That, that was the, the biggest thing is the mail-in ballots. Get and your ass in gear, jump in the car, the bicycle, the scooter, whatever it is you drive or walk, and get to the voting place, show them your ID, cast your vote. That, yep. I mean, in a, in a third world country, they can vote, count votes faster than we have in Arizona, Nevada, California, and other places. Well, you can't count votes, well, you can't count votes the night of when you're, pl- when you need to know what the vote count is so you can arrange for the cheat. You know, I, I, I'm, people would think I'm lying when I say this, but I truly believe this is what occurs. These, these people get together and they say, okay. We're not going to let this wave occur. We're, you know, well, we can cheat. We're going to cheat. Now, let's give them Secretary of Treasury because nobody cares about that. So Sherry Yee can win. But we're going to win the governorship with a woman who talks like she's three years old and won't even debate. We're going to win the Senate and hold that seat. We're going to win the Secretary of State because that's the person who would step in line to be governor. And we may let them have Attorney General, which were 19 votes separating the Attorney General. Now, I want you to understand, every poll in the state had Republicans sweeping. Every poll, from McLaughlin on down, Democrats knew it. And we are, we're now looking at not winning any seats except the Secretary of Treasury. I mean, we won some others, but I'm saying in, in the statewide seats. And Eli Crane knocked off Tom O'Halloran, which, again, I think is one of these where they say, okay, let's give them something. But you could almost see how they did it, and you could look at the vote counts and go, okay, somebody said, let, let her win. She can win big. This person will make it barely. But we're going to win the major seats. And I'm telling you, I've, if, if things do not change and the way we approach this in terms of putting our faith in this Republican Party, the Mitch McConnells who pulled eight to nine million dollars out of the race for Blake Masters to win the Senate seat to go to put money in a Senate seat that we know we're going to win as a Republican. Now, whether you want Murkowski or not is a whole other thing, but we know we're winning that seat. That's where that's the kind of stuff that happens all around this country for one reason. Because one guy, a guy named Donald Trump, dare circumvent the entire system, get himself elected and not have to go through the chain of command, and then actually perform. That's what created all this where we now have the biggest, in my opinion, up front, in your face, uniparty system I've ever seen. Let's go grab a phone call or two. We'll kick it off with Mike. Uh, Mike, welcome. You're on with Kevin Jackson. Remember, he's, you know... Got a mental problem. He's black, and his uh, brain is aging very quickly. Yeah, but at least he's not a Trump basher. <laughs> hey, KJ, KJ, I want to ask you how this is going to work out, man. Is is Trump going to get together with DeSantis and, and decide what they're going to do? Because I don't want to see a split ticket. Right. But I, I, got, I got a feeling that no matter what, we don't have no chance in 2024 if we can't get election, you know, integrity back. I, I'm with you, man. I, I something smells real funny. Can I get your take on that? 
Well, so on election integrity, th- there's no question. You know, DeSantis, and by the way, Florida is not clear of it. They think they are, but they're not. They still have a lot to do. If you really look into how the Democrats cheated, it would scare you. It's the how sophisticated they've gotten and the, the levers they pull to do certain things. And it would take too long to go through it. Maybe Gary and I can do a panel discussion in person and tell you guys about that. But it's crazy. As far as Trump and DeSantis goes, uh, what people have to understand is you take out Trump, fine. That means you took out DeSantis in Florida. Who's, who's going to take over in Florida that has DeSantis's appeal? So the long game for the Democrats is you take out Trump, so you take out MAGA, you take out everything it stands for, which, by the way, is millions and millions of people. I, I'm not a Trump zealot. I'm a Trump results zealot. That's a definitely, yeah. I'm that. But yes, when you, so you take out DeSantis, who fills the void? I'm going to bet you a Democrat's going to fill that void. I, don't, I haven't heard any names coming out of, of who's going to be there. I've heard one name, supposed to be a pretty hot shot guy. But DeSantis is the, the, the heartbeat of, of Florida. If the Democrats take Florida, so what DeSantis is president? He'll be president for one term because you've got to carry Florida. DeSantis has put a lockdown on Florida. He kicked Democrats essentially out. He defeated them in ways they probably never expected. And he showed what the real America feels about the leftist, the leftist party and the leftist agenda. And we are ready to kick the guy out that, that tutored him, that got mentored him and got him to that point. Now, back to your other point. Yes, if you get these guys fighting, and this happened with Reagan and Bush, if you remember, but Reagan ultimately picked Bush as his VP. Now, that's the prediction I made early on. I don't know because this, uh, this, un, this just vitriolic attack on Trump is actually gaining traction, which should have people shaking their heads. Because if you put Trump's stuff on paper, he was a good president. You take away the personality and all that other stuff, he got results. And we are so willing to get rid of it. would be like throwing away MacArthur because you, you, he smoked cigars or he drank scotch in the evenings, you know, and, and, and losing World War II. I care. I don't know MacArthur from Adam, but here's what I do know. He helped win the war, and Trump helped win the war. All right. All right. Ma- Thanks Mike- for your take. Mike, glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. All right, I'm up against the break. When we come back, the Republicans have taken over the House of Representatives. Will they try to impeach Joe Biden? We'll find out what Kevin thinks. Gary Nolan, Zimmer, Radio Network. 921, Kevin Jackson with us. Uh, Jim Babka in about 15 minutes with some very interesting outside-the-box observations about the election. Things that I hadn't heard anywhere else. And I think you're going to be intrigued when you hear what uh, Jim has observed. In the meantime, messages for uh, the Kevin Jackson uh, interview here, by the way, the KevinJacksonNetwork.com. William, it is completely unimportant who in the party votes or how. It's extraordinarily important who counts the votes and how. Joseph Stalin. Uh, Ralph says uh, your guest, calling himself Kevin Jackson, says he's not a Trump zealot. You should call the real Kevin Jackson and tell him someone is impersonating him on the radio because he is definitely a Trump zealot. Uh, well, all right, let's move on. Uh, the, well, this uh, is not true. Uh, again, I, if, if anybody hear, hears me and says, oh, well, Kevin's so pro-Trump and, you know, I, I go to all of his rallies and I want to hang, you know, that's just ridiculous. I'm a zealot because I look at the results. And if you can't make that distinction, sorry for you. You know, uh, if, if it would be like 
me saying uh, I'm I'm in love. I can criticize Biden without criticizing the man. I can criticize Biden's results. I don't care whether if Biden were a rock star right now and he were doing what Trump did, I'd be saying the same thing about Biden. And that's the way I can measure. Uh, I've said this before about Barack Obama. Barack Obama had, had come in and done what I, what people thought he could do, which is heal the nation and get rid of racism and all this stuff that they claim. I would be singing his praises. So I say the same thing. But what I will tell you is this. If, you, if someone can convince you to change your mind about somebody that you liked before, and, and you have the results. I don't have to give you Trump's results. And if, if somebody wants to debate me on Trump's results, I'm happy to do that. Because Trump v. Biden is ridiculous in a debate. Look at your gas prices. Look at your, the inflation rate, what you're paying for food. Look at true growth in this economy. Look at the number of people on welfare. People are donating blood to pay their bills. People are having to make decisions about do they eat, do they pay their rent, or do they pay for their meds. I could go on. So if that makes me a zealot, well, then fine. But I'm not, it's not about Donald Trump. It is about what he accomplished. And you look, you have no better contrast between competency and incompetency. So I would say to that person, you're an idiot. And, and I'm, I'm not going to even fence words with it. You're an idiot if you say I'm a zealot because I look at actual results. I have comparisons of then versus now, stock market, stock market futures, everything. And you say, oh, you're just a zealot. No, I'm a realist. I can look at what's going on in the world and go, I can see the comparison. Uh, let's see. Dave Rowland, by the way, is coming up a little later in the program. Uh, Judge rules Missouri town can't ban a woman seeking records. We'll get the details on that. Uh, Missouri judge rules the attorney general's office under Josh Hawley knowingly violated transparency laws. Uh, so we've got a couple of great uh, stories coming there. In the meantime, Kevin, the Republicans have taken over the House of Representatives. Maybe a slim margin, but that's all it takes. It's all it takes to get the gavel out of Nancy's hands, but, you know, what are they going to do? I mean, it's the same leadership. It's the same hierarchical, uh, you know, process. What's really changed? I don't know. Uh, are they, you asked before the break, are they going to impeach Biden? Uh, I, the short answer is probably no. Now, should they form investigations into, into Hunter Biden and Joe Biden? Sure they should. But will they have the guts? Likely not. Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I can't predict these guys because we don't have leadership. We don't have people that have the guts to say we're going to really represent the American people and understand this stuff and see where are, where are we compromised. I mean, there's a, there are a lot of decisions being made that you have to scratch your head. Right now, this whole FTX thing, they're looking at is, is there some money laundering going on with the Democrats with this thing with Ukraine and all this other stuff? There's a distinct possibility that's occurred. So, you know, what should we be looking at? All of it. Now, will the Republicans have the guts? That's, that remains to be seen. Um, you know, if the Republicans uncover something that is just flat out um, worthy of removing the president, and they do hold the trial, the impeachment in the House, and pass it along to the Senate, not even with happen. a... Not going to happen? Not going to happen. All right. I mean, just... uh, by, I'm telling you, and there's no reason to protect him. Uh, the only thing Republicans could hope to do is just expose Biden for who he is. But let's be honest. Most of the people know 
that Biden is a liar. He's a pathological liar. His son is one of the biggest crooks. Uh, I mean, I, I don't even know how do you measure, but he, what he's done is pretty bad in, in many ways. And, uh, and they, he's got, I mean, they're going to get a pass. And so the only thing they could do is say, let's just really put this out there so it's irrefutable. And I, I think it's worth it, personally. But will they do it? I don't know. Be curious to see uh, just how that all unfolds. But it strikes me that it's inevitably going to find uh, a lot of uh, conflicts of interest where the vice president, then vice president, and now President Biden should not have been involved. Uh, I, and I also think that... Uh, they're going to try and figure out why this guy isn't, why Hunter isn't being prosecuted. Because he, 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 they've got him. They could take him to trial this morning and find him guilty of uh, on the Knicks check. And, uh, and the, but what's going to happen then is that Hunter will distance himself. You know, they, again, I've seen this thing play out so many times because we've had them so many times that it's probably disheartening to everybody listening when you say, how much can you know about what the Bidens have done, what the Clintons have done? Hillary Clinton, you know, what she did. We know what she did with Russian collusion. And she's suing to get her money back, you know, for the, for the trial, you know, for, the, for all the stuff that she's gone through. This is how we are. And, and uh, Americans are, are at a point where they're going, I, I know conservative Americans are going, is it worth it? It, it? it does matter. And I think that's what they want us to do. So, look, I just tell people, stay vigilant. Don't lose hope. Uh, right is going to win in the end, and you gotta you gotta stick with it. But if you continue fighting this thing, thinking the Republicans are going to save you, and putting your faith in, oh, I'll shift to DeSantis now. Okay, great. Watch what they do to him, and then when in two years when I'm when I'm talking to you again and say, oh, they torpedoed DeSantis. They did a whole uh, routine against him that, that was followed along with Trump. He's the new orange man, and. You've, you've taken down another good candidate because you thought, oh, I'll just swap out. I mean, John McCain thought he was going to, they were going to reach across the aisle. He was Mr. Centrist. He, when he ran for president, they destroyed him. Then they destroyed Palin. They take two out at a time, and they play the long game. So don't think you're outthinking the Democrats. These people are evil to their rotten core. And I'm telling you, if you fall for the narrative, don't, don't be surprised at what you get. Well, I will just say this in closing. If you don't think DeSantis can handle it, you're mistaken. I, I think DeSantis can handle a lot. But I'm just telling you, if you think that the barrage isn't going to continue... Sure it, it is. Continue. Nobody expects it not to. I'm just telling you that uh, DeSantis can handle it. I keep hearing this, not necessarily from you, but from others. Oh, there's nobody else that can handle this. Well, no, that's not true. Uh, mm -hmm. All right. Kevin Jackson, the KevinJacksonNetwork.com. He says they will not impeach Joe Biden. We're yeah. going to hold you to that, pal. Well, we're not betting a stake on it because I don't know what the Republicans <laughs> will do. Yeah, you already owe me about 18 meals. Right. I, mean, <laughs> I can go to CC's forever now. All right, Kevin, thanks, buddy. Care, buddy. Take care. Kevin Jackson, the Kevin Jackson Network. Oh, Lord. Uh, listen, uh, Jim Babka is coming up next. He's made some observations. We talked about this uh, earlier this morning. And I think they're very interesting observations about the, the, uh, the uh, Donald Trump and uh, the election. I, I think you're going to find it, well, different. Not the same old, same old. That's coming up. Dave Rowland is going to be with us. It's 
Think Tank Thursday on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is The Gary Nolan Show. It is 9.35. Glad to have you with us on a Think Tank Thursday. Uh, The story is this. Germany is known as the Bordello of Europe. It's a hard-won title with more than 3,000 brothels across the country and 500 in Berlin alone. Its sex trade is worth more than 3,000, no, 11 billion pounds a year. We could think of no one better to talk to us about why they're so successful than Jim Babka. Jim, welcome. Glad, glad to be here. Good yeah. talk. Yes. <laughs> good, good talk. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, all right. That's not why you're I here. know no thing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's we it. know that. Uh, all right, listen, uh, you and I were having a conversation this morning about... Uh, I won't this, admit that to anybody. This election, yeah, it's a little embarrassing for me, too. Um, but... Uh, Let's let's move on. We no sense going into pillow talk, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, you asked for it. Oh, All right, wow. was, was that in a German bordello by chance? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh boy, this, this conversation deteriorated so quickly, and it's yeah. my fault. All right, let's let's see if we can put all that behind us. Um, the, the <laughs> oh Lord, gotta go, gotta go, gotta get this right. We did actually have a conversation. Yes, about uh, this past election and about Donald Trump throwing his hat in the ring. And uh, oh, wait, wait, he did. That comes as such a shock. Yeah, who knew? Who knew? Uh, so, give me a review. What you what you saw unfold in this uh, midterm and what you've discovered about Donald Trump? I have been, uh, well, first of all, I think he's vulnerable. I think he's been vulnerable all along, but nobody was willing to play the card that would do it. And I think that now he's much more vulnerable uh, because lots of people uh, have gotten tired of all the winning. And I mean that as sarcastically as possible. He said that we would get tired of all the winning. And the winnings ended, and so definitely ended, and they're going to grow tired now. And you can see a lot of people turning, a lot of people now standing up. They've been, they, they, don't, they don't want this. They, they, and he does not have, I think my key insight here is, aside from the fact that he's anti-fragile, which I've spoken about many, many times, and the, his opposition, his, his two primary uh, candidates of opposition, neither of them are going to take this, this bait. They're finally going to play him, play him the right way, I think. I also think that he is the best get-out-the-vote guy the Democratic Party has ever seen. I think he's fantastic at getting out Democrat votes. And I think there's been a lot of people <clears throat> who have made excuses and wanted to relitigate previous elections rather than offer plans for the future of the country. Uh, it was a rather self-centered endeavor, and it was designed to assuage or, or ignore the obvious elephant in the room, which was he gets the Democrats to vote. And that was this election conspiracy. The idea that you know they're still counting ballots and they're still doing all these things and they're still cheating, and it's just cheating. It's always cheating when you lose because it's a lot easier to blame them for being evil and criminal than it is to say we had nothing. We didn't have a campaign. 
we did things that alienated the voters that we needed in order to win. What are some of the things that we did that alienated voters? Well, the number one thing, obviously, uh, is that <clears throat> most people don't want all the conflict and trouble and discord and difficulty and the relitigation of previous uh, elections and an obsession, a constant obsession of him about him. Maybe you, most, maybe some people, and including some in this audience, enjoy talking about Donald Trump, but a lot of the country would not does not want to, and it's not without reason that the GOP didn't want him to. Uh, uh, announce before Herschel Walker's campaign was over because there's a there's an implicit recognition that people are kind of exhausted and he is exhausting he takes he sucks all the oxygen out of the room he takes a lot of energy draw, and attracts it to himself and his his true fans his biggest fans are, are CNN and MSNBC and direct copywriters for the Democratic National Committee and, 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 and legacy but dying established media that will get bailed out, they hope, by another Trump campaign. They just want to talk about him incessantly because it's, you know, they know that this causes conflict and they know that it turns out Democrat votes. Democrats show up in waves. They show up in unprecedented numbers. There, there wasn't Biden's. Uh, it is true that Donald Trump got more votes than any other Republican. It is also true that Biden got more votes than any Democrat and more than, than Trump. And he got those votes because of Trump. The entire election was about Trump. It was a referendum on Trump. That was 2020. Nobody, apparently, lots of people didn't want to recognize that fact. And they ran another campaign about the fact, about the 2020 race, which is the past. We can't change anything about it. That was what the campaign was about. There are other issues that were on the table. Uh, other things that I think that hurt the Republicans. There was one that you and I talked about uh, months before the Supreme Court decision came down, I do think that there was an abortion turnout. But the real issue here is him. He is not going to be able to pull together a broad national consensus to win. So if you want to reelect Biden or whoever the Democrats put up, Fetterman for, for Pete's sake, I mean, they don't even have to be able to talk. Yeah, what's the new meme? Biden, Fetterman. Uh, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, you know, I, I, I didn't debate uh, Kevin this week. Last week I did, and I'm not going to debate you. Uh, I'm going to let listeners comment, uh, and they can certainly call uh, 800-529-5572 or 874-9390. Uh, but uh, I am curious, and uh, it's about the abortion issue. Uh, I've made this observation uh, for uh, two days ago, and it is that if the Republicans had defined their belief about abortion and embraced it, that would not have been an issue. They could then have painted the opposition as the extremist. That would require saying, look, rape, incest, uh, and X number of weeks, it's okay. Um, you yeah, know. but they weren't willing to do that. There right. Was, there was too bigger. Yeah, no, there was just no way they were going to do that. So the opposition painted them as never an abortion, whether the ba mother's life is in danger or... And uh, completely got away with it and, and would continue to get away with it because there's just, they're, they're, the Republicans are unwilling to, to stand up and say... See, this is the thing. They've been held uh, captive to constituencies that cannot be taken national. They, on the other hand, could have declared those things which would have ameliorated the fear of, of uh, that the Democrats were trying to drive up on abortion, and then talked about how many Democrats want no limit 
want that fourth trimester abortion to be legal, uh, want partial birth abortion to be legal. And they would have found that a majority of Americans agree with them. And I think that would have disappeared. Uh, How is it that inflation was at record levels and this was not the number one issue? How is it that the price at the fuel pump? How is it that, I mean, you, you just go down the list. There's several things, and they managed to make none of those the issue. You know what they chose to do instead? They invented a phony crime issue. Now, there are pockets in the country where this is a real concern, and I can understand why some local candidates might be doing it. But this was the Republican message all across the country. Here in the state of Ohio, they wanted you to believe, with a serious face, a straight face, that cash bail was the problem. You know, we let pe- too many people out on bail. That's a real issue. Everybody's going to the barricades for that one. That's what they did. And in a red state, you can get away with that stuff. But we're in a contested race. You actually have to appeal to people's real interests. You have to have a message to them. And it can't be about the, it can't be about the past. Well, I firmly believe that if the Republicans don't want Donald Trump to be the nominee, then there has to be some backroom dealing. They've got to sit down with potential challengers and tell them, Look, you don't throw your hat in the ring. You don't run against Trump. Yeah, I don't We're- think that's actually, I don't agree with that either. I don't agree with that either. I think this one guy, well, I think that somebody's got to prove they're capable of taking him on and winning. But they're going to have to do it in a completely different way than anybody's ever done, done this before. Okay? Well, I he think. Exists, he exists on, on, on negative attacks. If he can't be negatively attacked, he tries to get negatively attacked. He punches until he gets punched back. And you have to learn how to duck and roll. You have to learn to get him to punch himself out. If they do it right, there's going to be a moment, potentially in one of the Republican debates, where his head literally explodes on stage. It goes completely nuts because he can't get anybody to buy, to buy you know, to, to, to have a fight with him, to take on an argument with him. Let him go. He says absurd things. Let him go. Most people already know that these things are absurd. Let him go. Well, I actually think that whoever's running, their bigger problem isn't the other Republicans on stage. It's the fact that the media wants to give all the oxygen to the loud conflict guy. That's a bigger problem. But in a vacuum, he's easily beatable. Well, I think if they have too many candidates running against him, he can win on a plurality. And that's why I'm saying someone's going to make some backroom deals. And some people you think might throw their hat in the ring won't. And the promise will be that when whoever it is wins, and I think they're going to go for DeSantis, you're going to get a, a position with the administration. We're going to put you in a high, you know, powerful position. Mm-hmm. And I think that's... that's there's probably people that will be running just because they want those jobs. Yeah, I mean, this goes on all the time. Yeah, but that's what I think the Republicans will, will have to do. They'll have to limit the number of people who challenge him. Uh, and 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 if they want to beat him, they need to not rise uh, to the bait. All right, and and uh, we'll kick that around in just a few. Think Tank Thursday, Jim Babka, Grace Arkey on YouTube, or just Jim Babka on YouTube. Entertaining and informative, Gary Nolan Zimmer, Radio Network. It is 51 minutes after 9 o'clock. Jim Babka is with us, Grace Arkey on YouTube, and uh, you could just look up Jim Babka on YouTube. Uh, his observations are that the uh, best vote uh, getter for the uh, Democrats is Donald Trump. That Donald Trump is, in fact, vulnerable and can be beaten. 
that uh, what else? What are the, what are your other? Well, I just I just want to refine that the first claim. He is a get out the vote machine for the Democrats. He motivates them to get to the polls. The, 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 our elections have a very high turnout. Republicans, ask anybody that's an old hand at this. Republicans do better on low turnout elections. He maximizes turnout. Who is it that he's turning out? Oh, Democrats in record numbers. Well, what about all of the uh, oddities in the vote count? Does that... Uh... Oh, my gosh. You know, and this is another thing. Everybody is... So everybody said there's not enough uh, eyes on the process. It's not audited thoroughly enough. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. Democrats did it first, by the way. We had to listen to Hillary Clinton not accept the uh, election and Rachel Maddow and blame it on Russians and say that there was an attempt, a foreign attempt to stuff our ballot boxes and do whatever. They were doing it first, okay? Uh, they're very conveniently forgotten about that now, but they were doing it first. And by the way, the Republicans helped them with the uh, with the events of January 6th and their constant defense instead of, you know, being like Mike Pence and saying that's that was a mistake and we should that should have never happened. Um, they've been starting stirring up this conspiracy theory. So there's audits and there's all these different things that have gone on uh, in the process that have made it take a lot longer in some places to count ballots. Now, should it take this long? No. Are there ways to fix that? Yes. But the very thing that is actually probably making the election the most secure, which is the fact that they're trying to require paper for everything, that there be some kind of paper trail to actually follow the electronic, is uh, is is part of the the process that we're experiencing here, and. You know, we can go with fewer audits, or there might be some other things we can do to tighten it up, but the fact that it's taking so long is specifically because they're trying to make sure they're getting the counts right and things are being done correctly. And all the rest of this is just conspiracy nonsense. You and I chatted uh, a couple of years ago about uh, the mail-in vote and how the Democrats were going to use it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so uh, my question is, do you still think that it is an avenue for them to cheat? Uh, they've always been cheating, okay? Uh, there's, I mean, literally every election in the history of the country. Uh, I wasn't born yet, but uh, both Nixon and Kennedy were cheating. Kennedy was a slightly better cheater. Um, I, I mean, this has just been always been going on. It just always has. I had a friend that worked in, the, in a campaign in Texas in the 1990s, and he's like, Jim, they start voting here uh, two months early, and, and, and I mean, I, maybe I'm exaggerating a time, but, you know, the, the booth is in the back of a, of a drugstore, a grocery store. Like, they're all over the place. they got these boxes and places you can go cast a ballot. I mean, the, the cheating's been going on forever, forever. So is the cheating enough that it changed the election? Were the, was the will of the people suppressed? There is reason to believe that, 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 yes, there were things done in Pennsylvania in particular. Wisconsin would be on the list. Uh, but they were not necessarily cheats. They were changes in the rules that were put through unconstitutionally that may have affected the outcome. It wasn't that they were, there was some evil plot to substitute ballots. Um, it, this is, <laughs> I, I, it's just, it's so, so, uh, and by the way, you're not going to put that genie back in the bottle. It's not going to happen. Once people have the ability to vote in some other way than having to get up and go do it on that Tuesday, particularly somebody who's busy and, let's say, travels for a living, I mean, they're not going to want to put that genie – they're not going to want that. Why would you want to go stand in a line on Election Day? What, what, what is the benefit of that if you can do it easier and make it more convenient for your life? We do so many things on the computer and the phone now. Why in the world would we want to go back and make this more complicated I, I, uh, to our lives, take more time? It doesn't make sense. So it's time to move on from that. Let's stop bellyaching about that and make it right. 
All right, let's go grab a phone call or two, and uh, we'll kick this off with Joshua. Joshua, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Uh, I had a, I had a question for Jim. I guess two questions, but I'll kind of make it quick. They're getting short time. Um, so if I'm hearing it, Trump is a is a get-out-the-vote machine for Democrats. Republicans do great low turnout, so... Who would you recommend or what type of candidate do the Republicans need to get that keeps all the Democrats at home and we still win? In in conjunction with in conjunction with the rule changes that they're consistently continuing to put through that put us at a disadvantage. I don't think that part the, the disadvantage is is a question, but I'm curious to hear what you have to say on that. Jim? Uh, right now, I think DeSantis has shown that, and I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm not, you know, we can have a whole conversation about him, too. Got my issues with him as well. But I think he has shown that he could win. I think he's actually shown a path to win. Uh, let's keep in mind, one of the things that's going to happen here to Donald Trump and in this race, it's going to happen very soon, is we're all going to get reminded of his pandemic record. Who was it that retained and allowed Anthony Fauci the wide reign of rule that he did? Why was Anthony Fauci still on the job when Joe Biden took office? Why was Anthony Fauci a household name? Uh, you know, seemingly the face of the pandemic, standing right next to the president of the United States. He did rate, uh, rush out this vaccine. I mean, these are the kind of things that are going to get discussed. And DeSantis has a position that he can take that, frankly, is better. And so uh, I think that's he's got a better shot. But this isn't about the past. It's going to be about the future. And does he have a plan? And, and there's never really been a recognizable plan here. Josh? Okay. Well, I, I just was curious what, what your take was going to be on that. I know that a lot of people are pushing DeSantis. I think he happens to be. I wish we had him as a governor here in the state of Missouri. We'd be even better than we are now. <laughs> but uh, I'm just, just curious to hear what your opinion was on So I appreciate that. All right, Josh, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on. Jim Babka, what is uh, Grace Arkey about this week? Uh, we just released an episode on the prodigal son. The prodigal son, or yeah, this is the, the story from the Bible. Oh, yeah. okay. We have a discussion sure. about the a very good discussion about the prodigal son. Previous episode, uh, guest you've had on in the past, uh, I had him on too, Perry Willis, uh, talking about the history of U.S. interventions. That's the longest episode we've done so far, coming in at about an hour and fifteen minutes. But he goes through all the wars. We get cover a lot of ground in the episode. So, uh, um, yeah, those are the last two episodes. All right, Jim Babka, Grace Arkey. And uh, just, you know, go to YouTube and look up his name and it'll show up. Jim, thanks for being with us on a Think Tank Thursday. Thanks, Gary. All right, buddy. Take care. Glad to have you uh, on the program. Coming up, uh, the Show Me Institute is going to be with us. Dr. Susan Pendergrass, Director of Research and Education Policy at the Show Me Institute, uh, to redirect our forces to the uh, pre-filing of bills... Uh, that begins in the next couple of weeks in Jeff City. Uh, there's a lot of unfinished business. She's going to come on board and talk about it on Think Tank Thursday. This is The Gary Nolan Show.